Hey, top fans, it's Bill from Top Fan Rivalry. I got a bunch of people on tonight. We're going to have a good time. We got a great topic to talk about. Uh, I'm going to go around the horn real quick. Um, I have Jason on. Uh, he's a bourbon and baseball guy. Uh, he's been on before with us. I got Jackson on who co-hosts the Decade Series with me, and he also does the weekly reviews with me. He's written uh, stuff. I got John on. He's been on before uh, with me, and I've got Dave Schaefer on. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna kind of go around the horn, and and I'm gonna let everybody introduce themselves real quick. Jason, who, you know, you've been on before, but who's your team? Yeah, I'm glad to be back again, Bill. I really appreciate you having me. My uh, favorite team is the New York Yankees, uh, 161st and River Avenue down in the Boogie Down. Glad there to be go. here. There you go. And they're having a terrible season this year, aren't they? Yeah, they're they're struggling a little bit, man. Especially, you know, those Rays guys. <laughs> I was like, "Go, Bill, stop it, man, stop it." <laughs> awesome. All right, John, tell me, reintroduce yourself. What club are you a fan of? Oh, glad to be back. Uh, yep. I'm John, and I am unfortunately, as mentioned previously, I'm a Tampa Bay Rays fan. Well, things could be worse. We could be. I could be an Orioles fan. So that's, that's what helps me sleep at night. Awesome. It, there's many things that could be worse. You could be a Reds fan. You could have a manager that intentionally walks somebody with two strikes. Like yeah. you, you've got many options, right? I'm teasing. Dave, why don't you, Dave's been on a bunch. Dave Schaefer's been on a bunch, but tell us who you're, who you're a fan of and, and we'll take it from there. Yeah, so as you uh, kind of uh, led in there, I'm the White Sox fan, and um, we're, we like to walk guys with two strikes and give up grand slams and that kind of stuff. So <laughs> it's, it's just quality, quality stuff. So that's my team. Nice. Yeah, you, guys, you guys are only like three games out of first place now. So Yeah, yeah, and what, three oh. games under 500? That's not saying much. Fire Tony. Is that all you keep hearing in your sleep, man? That's horrible. I can't believe they're doing that to him, man. <laughs> well, he deserves if it. Makes it. You, if he, he does deserve it. Makes you guys feel any better. Jackson and I recorded the weekly review before this. And what does Jackson have to say? Let's talk about the Guardians who just swept the Dodgers, right? So Jackson's got to throw that like under the gut punch. And so Davey would have been proud of Jackson. He, you know, I took it like a champ. I'm like, come on. You want to talk? Yeah, but they're tied for first place. Thanks, Jackson. Appreciate that, man. <laughs> well, yeah. I, I mean, I guess that's my cue to introduce myself. I'm, yes, I'm sure people are sick of hearing my voice at this point. I've been on so many of these things. I'm Jackson. I am a fan of the world champion Atlanta Braves. Uh, chop on for the A, all that good stuff. Uh, I, I love it. The drop in world, world Series champion, right? You know, I, all. All four of us, other guys, are sitting there going, "Man, we hope that we can say that at one of at the end of the season with one of these podcasts, right?" Hey, man, right. you got to use it. You don't know how long you're going to have it for. So, <laughs> <laughs> who's who's waited the longest for a championship here? Besides me, who's never had one? It's it's the White Sox, and it was in the mid 2000s, right? Uh, Could be worse. White Sox won in 2015, didn't they? No, 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 2005. Yeah. 05 and then and then Yankees and Dodgers yeah. and Braves. 17 and years, but who's counting? <laughs> the Angels, apparently. The Angels yeah, are oh, still counting. 
O2. Uh, yeah. Don't, don't yeah. bring up O5 to Angels fans. Just <laughs> friendly advice. There you go. <laughs> All right. So, top fans, tonight we're going to do something fun. We're just going to kind of jump off with leadoff hitters from 1970 to present. Best leadoff hitters from 1970 to present. And each guy can just name one. We'll talk about it round robin. And then um, we're hoping to be able to get uh, two or three per person named. Um, so why don't we, why don't we start, John, why don't you start out with, with the leadoff hitter that you think is, is stellar from 1970 to, uh, to present, whoever that is. So I, I'll leave the, the easiest one off. I think I want to key in on Mike Trout's 2012 season. I think that's the greatest season by a leadoff hitter of all time. So if, if that's, if we're able to talk about single season, I'd love to, I'd love to expand on that. I'd love to talk about Mike Trout's 2012. The floor is yours. Sure. Yeah, go for um, it. I, I like that. So I think, well, I'd like to start out by saying it's the hardest MVP race of all time. Mike Trout is, this is, it's his first full season in the league. He had, let me pull up everything. Let me pull up the, he, I believe it was a 168 OPS plus. Yep. 168 OPS plus, uh, 963 on base percentage or uh, OPS, pardon me, 49 stolen bases, 30 home runs from the leadoff spot. I believe almost every game, if not every game he played that season was from the leadoff spot. And he took second in the MVP race because Miguel Cabrera won the triple crown. That year. So I, I would argue that's the best non MVP season possibly of all time. I, and it's definitely the best non MVP season of a leadoff hitter. And I think it could easily rival what 1990 by Ricky was that his MVP year. Yeah. I think if you go and look yeah. side by side, Mike Trout's uh, 2012, especially as a 20 year old and the first full season in the league, is probably the most impressive season by a leadoff hitter ever. So that's 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 what I have to say. That's a great pull because I would have never thought because I always look at Mike Trout as a, a number two or number three mm-hmm. guy. But that honestly, John, that's a great pull, and especially having those numbers Thank to back you. it up. That's I had to friend. before this, I had to go and look at Baseball Reference and check the lineups. I remember him early in his career as a leadoff guy because this is my era of like beginning to get big into baseball. And I remember him being the top of the order guy and then turning into a three. And I had to go and check before I came on here. I was misinformed. But yeah, every he the month of April, it was all Eric Ibar. And then after that, I believe every game but like two, Mike Trout was the leadoff hitter. So hard to argue against a season like that is my basically my point. There's nothing to argue. I, I yeah. was getting a text message today from a huge Angel fan. He was telling me today, it, there was a Braves fan, an Angel fan, and I texting back and forth, and he was telling me, uh, was, we were talking about the question of the day that I put up on, on Top Fan, which is, does Del Murphy belong in Cooperstown? And mm-hmm. anybody that says no to that, I, I really want them to re-examine, maybe get some, something checked up in this area. Um, and so he was texting me saying that Mike Trout, if he hung it up today, is a first ballot Hall of Famer. I couldn't and agree I more. Said, I said, well, maybe, but his numbers don't show to that yet because he hasn't played long enough, right? Mm-hmm. He's only got 1,400 hits where you've got guys like Murphy and you got guys like uh, Munson and you got uh, Thurman Munson and you got guys like Steve Garvey who have more hits, better, uh, you know. But I, I would say maybe he might be a second ballot Hall of Famer, but he might not get it. Just all depends on who was in there. But it mm-hmm. was an interesting conversation that the Braves fan says, yeah, he gets in, but maybe second or third ballot. So I, I don't know. I, it's hard to argue. I mean, do you, either one of you guys have a, a thought on 
Just that? Well, considering the that that particular year and Trout having those numbers, you got to also consider that that's like into the shift. That's into all of the analytical adjustments that we are living in today and still having that that peak at where he and still beating every almost, you know, analytical number considering, you know, the times that we're playing in. So you got to take that into consideration too. And I think that, that does, you know, give a little bit more credo to the, the, the type of season in, in my book, you know, because if he, if he was playing in 82 or 84, just, you know, think about what, what he would be doing now, you know, what numbers would be putting up. Yeah. Oh, good call. Good call. Good call. Like it. Dave, uh, do you got a leadoff hitter for us? Well, I'll be the homer and I'll just, uh, you know, and I'm an old guy. So I remember Tim Raines a lot and he, uh, he was a lot of fun to watch even before he made it to Chicago, but in Chicago, those are some pretty good years. And um, that's the guy I think, I mean, I'm looking at his stats right here and before he got to Chicago, I mean, he had, Gosh, that's six years of 70-plus stolen bases. It's amazing. And, you know, he, he turns 30, 1990, and he's stealing 49, 51, 45. Right. So, um, you know, and the guy hit for average. Um, let's see, a lifetime. Where's he at here? Led the league in on base percentage in 86. Lifetime 294. Yeah. Yeah. He, he was fun to watch. Yeah. He, he was that, elite. Go ahead, Jason. I'm sorry. Yeah. He was elite during that, that period of time in the in the 80s when it was, you know, run and gun and speed was the name of the game at the top of the order. He he was uh he was an elite runner at that period of time. And he yeah. owned Jesse Orozco, man, of the Mets. <laughs> the only the only mistake he made is playing alongside uh ricky henderson same time period otherwise he'd, he'd be even more known 100 yeah. percent. that's a good point that's a great point absolutely tim, tim Raines was and, and we see it these days too where these guys have these great slides i mean trey turner has had some amazing slides you know going around guys and things like that but timmy Raines, even when he was playing for chicago he gets on base which is pretty common the pitcher lifts up that leg and throws to first. And unless he throws a BB, if Tim's going, he's going. And he could outbeat that. As, I mean, he he was exciting to watch. Absolutely. In Montreal, in in Chicago, he was just exciting to watch. Good player. Also famously wouldn't slide uh, feet first because he didn't want to land on the stuff he had in his back pocket. I don't know how <laughs> true that is. That's I could be urban legend. But that's, that's what I've always heard about Tim Reigns. <laughs> interesting concept interesting point oh that's interesting all right okay i'll take it jackson right. who, who you got for us jackson uh i think some people on this podcast will appreciate this one we're familiar with alfonso soriano alfonso that's a good one that's an awesome one that's a good so, pull so, so hear me out we were talking about dale murphy being a hall of famer uh alfonso soriano has very comparable numbers to dale murphy funnily enough uh He's only he has Alfonso Soriano has two thousand ninety five career hits. Dale Murphy has two thousand one hundred eleven. Dale Murphy has three hundred ninety eight home runs. 
Soriano has 412. They both won four silver sluggers, both seven-time All-Stars. The only thing Soriano's missing is the the MVPs, but I think that's virtue of being a leadoff hitter. Uh, he had three 30-30 seasons and a 40-40 season. He was probably one of the most dominant hitters of the 2000s. And in a plus in the steroid area, he didn't use. He didn't use steroids. Completely clean. That's a good point. Mm. So you say Alfonso Soriano and the Yankee fan perks up. Yep, yep, I agree. I <laughs> He, 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 had a, he had a solid run for a couple of years there, man. He had a solid run there for a couple of years. That's he had that goal. swing that was crazy, though, that, that long bat, that long swing. I don't know how he did it, but he was great at it, right? I mean, he made contact with the ball to go over the fence. That's what happened. If he didn't make contact yeah. with the ball, he struck out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he had that kind of swing early that everybody's going after now that ang- that up angle that launch angle and that he just went up there and he hacked you know he didn't like go up there with a plan to hit doubles in the gap and he was kind of like before this this trend that we're seeing now and he just kind of went up there and he had that same approach just you know now everybody's applauding you know 104 mile an hour exit velo yeah exactly exactly no that's a good call jackson i wouldn't have thought of him but that's a good call. He had some great years with uh, the Yankees, and I didn't he have a good a decent, couple of decent years with the Cubs too. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. He he also had a cameo appearance in Texas for a couple of years. That's pretty solid. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he was he was the A Rod trade, wasn't he? Part of the A Rod trade. Yeah, yeah, I believe so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those were uh, some. Uh, those were some. Those are some lean years on the North Side. And uh, uh, 2011, he had 244. Um, gosh, 113 strikeouts. So I remember him signing with the Cubs and they overpaid him to get him. And then they didn't put any team around him. He just was yeah. out there on an Island. Yeah. I mean, his 2012 <clears throat> season in Chicago. Away. Yeah. His 2012 season in Chicago was pretty good. 32 home runs, 108 yeah. RBIs. I think he was that. 150, well. 156 strikeouts. Yeah. Not bad. <laughs> so Jason, who, do you, who do you got for us? You know, it was interesting because I was researching and looking up, you know, different names and top leadoff hitters of all time. There's Ricky Henderson and then there's the rest of everybody. Right. Uh, But as a kid growing up, you know, regionally watching the Halos um, and the the Kansas City Royals were, you know, AL West rivals during those late 70s and early 80s, man. And Willie Wilson – um, is the guy that really just kind of stuck out for me, man, because he was dangerous in those days, especially on, on AstroTurf, man. And um, just some of the deep, like in 1980 alone, Willie Wilson had 230 hits, scored 133 runs, and had 15 triples. Who has 15 triples in any season anymore? And that was just in, in 80. He won the 82 batting title. Um, he led the majors in triples five times and um, overall had 668 career stolen bases. And, you know, he, uh, we're talking table setters. And again, in those times, you know, when I was a kid growing up, that was speed was the name of the game. And uh, he was the, the premier table setter uh, against the rival angels and A's and those guys in the West. And he was just an impressive player, man. The, the, you know, Royals were stacked in those days. Yeah, yeah. It, I remember when that TV show Bronx is Burning came out, 
And it right. was all about that. I think the 77 or 78 uh, Yankees and it was the Royals. Like that was their main rival. And I had forgotten how good the Royals were in the seventies and, and mid eighties, all the way up to the mid eighties. Cause yeah, they've had some pretty lean years since. But yeah. So, all right. I like it. All right. I'm going to go a dangerous one boys. Okay. And it's a dangerous one because most people don't want to talk about this. I'm going to talk to you about a guy that has a career batting average at 303 in the 70s and 80s, had six seasons that he had over 200 hits and is a future Hall of Famer in my book, should already be there, has 4,256 hits. Who am I talking about? But Pete Rose. Pete Rose. Okay. And tell me, Jason, tell me, Dave. Because you guys remember the, the 70s era. I remember the 80s era. And these guys tell me that that was not one of the, the premier leadoff hitters. That guy just seemed to make things happen. The definitive leadoff hitter of that time, period. I mean, leadoff hitter. either side of the plate, same approach. Mm -hmm. uh, let's see, it spent, he spent two thirds of his career um, out of the leadoff spot, you know, and he was just, he was devastating. Um, let's see, he had 160 home runs and uh, 17 time all-star, but he was on base by either Walker hit like 60% of the time, 40 some percent of the time. Dave, Dave what are your thoughts about Pete Rose? Uh, I, <clears throat> I agree. And I think, um, you know, regardless of what's gone on since then, it's all nonsense. And, uh, you know, there's no doubt he should be in the Hall of Fame. Um, he was super, super fun to watch. I remember like watching him with the Big Red Machine. And then when he went over to the Phillies, uh, really didn't miss a beat. Um, just a, just a, a gamer, fun guy to watch. The guy that, you know, like if you were a kid and you wanted to play baseball, I mean, you'd, you'd pattern yourself against certain guys. If you're hitting home runs, you're Willie Stargell or Right. You know, you're, you're, you're uh, Dick Allen or you're Richie Zisk or something. But um, if you're just a hard nosed infielder, you know, stealing bases and stuff, it's always Pete Rose. Absolutely. Especially yeah, no. for hey, yeah. I was, I was nervous about bringing him up, but I figured we're in a friendly zone that we're baseball purists here. And we realize, like Dave says, the drama that happened afterwards, it doesn't take away from the fact that the guy has 4,200 hits. Right. And, I can remember, like Dave's speaking truth, I can remember being, you know, in the streets, waiting for the streetlights to come on playing baseball with my buddies, dipping way down like Pete Rose does, because I want to get that hit, right? Thinking that if I stand like him, I might get that hit. So, I Pete Rose. Pete Rose. I'm with you. Pete Rose. So, mix up the order again. Jackson, do you got a number two? Uh, I mean, another player I saw in my lifetime, another early 2000s guy, the great Ichiro Suzuki. Good pull. Very, very good pull. And when is he up on the Hall of Fame ballot? He's up on the Hall of Fame ballot. Got to be uh, soon. Let's see. He retired in 2019. So, yeah. 2024. So 2024. 2024. Yeah. If that's I mean, the first ballot Hall of Famer. That's a no, no doubter. I mean, he came over at the age of 27 and still got 3,000 hits. <laughs> right. Enough said. Uh, I mean, his, his 2004 season where he set the record for 262 hits. It's just absolutely absurd for a leadoff hitter. He had a 414 on base percentage. He stole 36 bases. He only struck out 63 times. He only struck out a thousand times in his career. Wow. In 2,600 20, games. 
Second time Gold Glover, too. Yeah. Gold Glover. Yeah, and, and by the way, I dare you to go to, from second to third or from third to home on his arm. <laughs> I, yeah. I double dog dare you. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you want to talk about uh, guys you emulate when you're a kid. When I was a kid, being a left-handed batter, I'd always go up there with the Ichiro stance with the little running out of the box. <laughs> I, I got to admit, the first time I ever saw him play live was in Anaheim. And it was his first season. And I, I looked at that stance, Jackson, that you're talking about. And I saw him run out of the box. I'm like, who is this guy? And then next thing I know, he's putting up numbers, 200, 250 hits. I'm like, obviously, he knows something that I don't know because I'm watching the game and he's playing in it. So, And, and how many guys nowadays do you see emulating him, tucking that, that sleeve and pointing the bat? Um yeah. Still today, there's still guys that utilize that that mechanism that he did. Absolutely, absolutely. All right. Great pull, Jackson. Um, Dave, what you what do you got for a number two? I got a guy that we used to play against an awful lot and got pretty sick of, and that's Kenny Lofton. Oh yes, that's a name. And I'll, <laughs> I'm looking at numbers here, and. Um, Believe it or not, Kenny Lofton's war is within 1.0 of Tim Raines. Really? Whoa. I Kenny Lofton, never thought that. Wow. Kenny Lofton, 2,400 hits. 2,400 yeah, I... hits. Six, 622 stolen bases. 68 war, and Raines is a 69 war. Oh, wow. My gosh. Wow. Yeah, that's mind blowing. I never guess. And he he kicked our butt as a Cleveland Indian for I don't know eight or nine years there. Wow. Well, he Exciting player. Bounced around a lot at the end, but I mean he was productive almost till the end with a lot of different teams. Um, but as a full time player, he led the league in stolen bases five times. Um, He's got uh, batting average. He hit 325, 349, 310, 317, 333, 301. Um, you know, he's got to be on the list. Yeah, that ain't nothing to shake a stick at. That's pretty good, man. Man, I didn't realize that he had – that's one of those guys that – how is he not in Cooperstown with 2,400 hits and a career batting average of 299? Wow. <laughs> but, yeah, Kenny – Kenny drove me nuts. Don't worry, Dave. He drove me nuts as a giant because he seemed to do everything right when he was playing the Dodgers. Um, and I, I'm sure he did everything right in those 90s years with Manny Ramirez and, and Jim Tomey and those guys over at the Indians when he was playing you guys. So trust me, I, I feel your pain. That guy, when he'd come up, little guy too, he's like five foot two, weighs 100 pounds or something. Like little tiny guy, but just makes it happen. Yep. Played right. some pretty good defense in center field, too. Well, he could run anything yeah. down. <laughs> yeah. He was solid, man. He was. Uh, John, what do you got? So, I my computer is terrible. I've been struggling to get my staff to come up. But I think, I think I'd like to go with one of the most underrated guys of all time, and that's Paul Molitor. Uh, Molitor good show. is, I believe, I saw something that he was like a leadoff hitter 45% of the time. So, I, I haven't given a straight answer yet with giving one season for the first one and then arguing a guy that let off half the time for the second one. But I think Molitor, I mean, so I'm looking at it. His career war is within one point of Pete Rose. 
his career OPS plus is within one point of Pete Rose. And he's the guy that doesn't get talked about. Pete Rose is not a hall of famer, but he's a guy people know the average baseball fan, at least someone my age, I feel like has no clue who Paul Molitor is. And yeah. I, I, it's a travesty because he's, I mean, he's one of the best pure hitters of all time. I have it right here as a leadoff hitter. He at 300, 365, 379 and had 370 stolen bases. So he's a guy that was moving in the scoring position. He was getting on base at a clip that not many people were, and no one talks about it. No one talks about Paul Molitor at all. Yeah, no. Robin Yow, but those Brewers of, teams got ignored. One of five players in Major League history with at least 3,000 knocks and 500 stolen bases who also hit over 300. Who, who are the other two, like Barry Bonds and Willie Mays? <laughs> Probably. That's pretty, that's pretty lofty company, right? Yeah, that's that, solid. That's a great pool because – because Dave and, and Jason and I can tell you, when the Milwaukee Brewers were in the American League, you had Paul Molitor and Robin Yount batting number two, one and two. And yeah. then Gorman Thomas, who that guy was just as redneck as they come. But he, I yeah. mean, that, that was a one, two, three punch for those Milwaukee Brewers that yeah. you just didn't see coming. I mean, yeah. and so that's a great pull, John. Great pull. I like that. Yeah, very cool. Uh, Jason, what do you got for us? Well, you know, since we're uh, – we talked about Pete Rose, and, uh, you know, he was the, I guess, prototypical leadoff guy in the National League during that time period. But let's think back to those swinging A's um, of the 70s, man, and let's talk about Campy. Let's talk about Campanaris was probably the prototypical leadoff guy for the American League and Finley's A's at that time period, you know. And, I mean, I remember as a kid watching him later in his career as an angel um, in regional games around here. And that just – I can't – I couldn't believe the, uh, his, the longevity that this guy had. And then kind of doing some more research for, for this show, um, it, it just kind of blew me away that, he had 648 career stolen bases, uh, over 2,200 hits, uh, six-time All-Star, and led the American League in stolen bases uh, six times. And so, you know, that's that's setting the bar pretty high for those guys that seem to have followed in the 80s, you know, for the Vince Coleman's and for the Ricky Henderson's. Those, those were pretty lofty numbers to be looking at, man. I agree. I agree that the swinging A's were, were something to watch in the seventies. And unfortunately they took out my Dodgers in 74, but they were, you know, sometimes you just know that you're outnumbered, right. Yeah. And you do your best and you hope for the best, but you know, you're outnumbered. Yeah. Good one call. of the, one of the dynasties, one of the great dynasties. Yep. I'm going to, I'm going to bring up one that that will get both John and, and Jason's head kind of spinning. I'm going to bring up a guy that played for the Red Sox, the Yankees, and the Rays. 3,000 hits, over 300 batting average. John, who am I talking about? You're talking about Rays legend, Johnny Dame. No, close. I'm talking about Wade Box. That makes Box. a lot more sense. Wade Box, chicken man. <laughs> I mean, Johnny, listen, I'll take Johnny Dame too, but, but I mean. That's funny. Let's talk about Wade Boggs for a second. I mean, he was a Red Sox, and when he let off, that was – and he had the most – how do I say it? 
almost as unorthodox swing as Freddie Freeman. And he always hit the other way. And it used to drive me nuts when I'd watch him because I'm like, how is this guy getting all these hits? But he just used the whole ballpark. And then he went from the Red Sox to the Bronx Bombers. And that was a like that was a big no-no in the 80s. Like, you don't do that. And then he finished his career with you guys uh, in the Rays. But, I mean, he was one of those leadoff hitters in the 80s that, again, doesn't get as much press because he's not Vince Coleman, who's stealing, you know, 100 bases a year. Mm-hmm. He's not Ricky Henderson. Um, he's not Pete Rose. But he's the guy that that showed up every day and collected 3,000 hits in 18 years. Yeah. Didn't take many walks, man, but a 3.28 career average, you can't, you can't complain about that, man. Yeah. Yeah. And Johnny Damon will be happy with the drop in from you, John. That's awesome. If he listens to the show, he'll be like, yes, somebody remembers me. <laughs> Somewhere, Johnny, he's smiling tonight, man. I'm glad I, I'm glad I could do that for him. <laughs> he was worried. You know, I talked to him on the phone before the show and he was worried. He's like, is anybody going to mention me? And I'm like, not this group of young. All right. Uh, we'll go one more round. This has been like, guys, I could do this all night, but let's go one more round. And Dave, we're going to start with you. Um, who do you got for another leadoff hitter um, that just stands out during that era? Wow. <clears throat> well, I would have said Willie Wilson, but that's been taken. Um, thinking good. Thinking alike here. Yeah. Um, you know, again, I'll be the homer and it's not going to, I went to the Wayback machine once, so I gotta, I'm gonna just going to go with T.A. and and Tim Anderson, who we've got going right now, and the way he gets things going in that lineup, hitting leadoff home runs. He's not much of a stolen base threat, but um, he is a, a solid hitter, hitting all the fields. And um, without him, we lose a lot of games. It's pretty mm. apparent if you look at the record with and without. So I'll go with T.A. Seven. Yeah, that, that's think- actually a good call. And if, as long as he continues to stay healthy. He's going to do a lot of good for you guys over the years. A lot of good for you guys. Uh, I think something interesting about Tim Anderson's effectiveness is that he does not walk a lot at all. He, he is – I saw something, and it was talking about Wander Franco and comparing sort of the career arcs. Tim Anderson is a swing on the first pitch kind of guy. Tim Anderson is not a guy that works the count and that he gets on base and he gets these hits and he hits these home runs with a very old-school approach. He's not working – working counts like a lot of guys nowadays. So it's very interesting to me at least. Mm-hmm. Good. I liked it. Tim Anderson. I don't know how much they like him in Cleveland, but Hey, he'll get through that. Right. <laughs> not don't really care how much they like him in Minneapolis either. <laughs> He's not getting paid to be like, I don't think the Bronx is a very big fan of him either. Yeah, no. That's you know, cool. But- he, he right now he's walking the walk and talking the talk. So, you know, he's backing up yeah. his, his, his play. Uh, I'm not the biggest fan of him and particularly because, you know, he, he just, he's a, he's straight hacks. He doesn't have a really great approach as a leadoff guy, but who does anymore? There's no, nobody goes up with a plan to hit the ball oppo. They go up and they grip it and rip it nowadays. So, I mean, he, he's, you know, his stats and numbers back, back back himself up so i really can't say anything bad about him even though it's just a personal thing i guess (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly john do you got another one for us so i am having a 
a hacker to work. So I'm going to go in the same vein as the Tim Anderson shout out. I'm going to be a homer. I don't have a single leadoff hitter for the race, but I want to shout out what they do with how they alternate when healthy, Brandon Lau and Randy Rosarena, because of their, because of Lau's slugging and then Rosarena's ability to slug and then move on the base paths as well. I think it's awesome the way they platoon because what I wanted to do is sort of give a shout out to the way the modern leadoff hitter is. And it's this guy that gets on base, not so much this guy that's a spray hitter and will steal bags. Right. And I don't really have a good answer for that. There's nobody that sort of defines that. But I think the way the Rays do it is a sort of the way of the future and how it is. Like I remember I was, this is young, but I remember Carlos Pena as leadoff guy. And I remember thinking like, this is just some, some Joe Madden trickery. It doesn't make any sense. And it, I remember it hitting me like a ton of bricks one day. I was like, oh, Carlos Pena walked. He got on base. It didn't matter if he stole bases. It didn't matter if he had singles. He was a guy that got to first. And th- that hit me way later in my life than it should have, but it made sense. And I love, I love that that's where the leadoff hitter is gone. There's, it's not Juan Pierre anymore. Like it's, it's, a, it's slugging. It's walking. It's, it's more than just poking it through the gap. You know, I just, I haven't given a real answer yet. That's crazy. That's okay, but yeah, Juan Pierre is a great example. Of probably the last of that that mold that we're we're talking about of our generation, my generation anyway. No, John, that's actually a great answer because there's a there's. I mean, I'm going to reference an '80s baseball movie in Major League Two when <laughs> Willie Mays Hayes bulks up and he's trying to hit home runs, and Lou Brown's sitting there telling him, "You're a leadoff hitter. You're paid to get on base." And so, John, you're making a great point. You're you're making a great argument. So I think that that don't don't discredit that argument. I think that's a very good argument. Well, with like so with Juan Pierre, right? His career OPS plus. I was looking at him because I thought that'd be a fine answer. His career OPS plus is 84. He was a below average hitter. That when he reached first, he'd move around the base pads. Um, Juan Pierre, if he played in today's game, is Billy Hamilton. It's yeah. it's no different. Mm-hmm. It's just a product of the era because you can't do that anymore. It's you're not just trying to poke it in and then move around base paths. Nobody steals bases anymore. Who's who's going to lead the league in steals this year? Went Merrifield and he's going to steal 30, 35. Mm-hmm. 129 yeah, okay. will never be touched for the rest of baseball history as yeah. long as baseball is played. Yeah, it's, a lot of the guys that we're talking about wouldn't even be scouted today. You know exactly. They they wouldn't be scouted. Billy Hamilton is the last one-tool speed guy that will ever make it to the bigs without any sort of caveat, like just be given the keys to the leadoff spot. He's the last guy that will ever do it. That's a great point. Yeah, because I think he's – yeah. <laughs> I, I tend to agree. <laughs> Jason, who you got for us? Um, uh, the last one, you know, toss-up here for me, man, but growing up again in Southern California and seeing the – the Dodgers of that time period, you got to think of Davey Lopes, man. And the, the you know, setting the table uh, for the Garve, for Russell, for Say, for Jaeger, for Dusty Baker. Um, Davey Lopes was awesome. And I just loved how he, he wore his stirrups really high. Uh, he had 77 stolen bases in 75 alone when nobody else was really doing that, like right after, you know, like Lou Brock was getting to the tail end of his career. And then in 76, he had 63 stolen bases, I think to lead the league and in his career overall, 557 stolen bases, which is not 
too bad at all, man. And, you know, he was, and he had that big mustache and he wore the nacho helmet and he was dope, man. So had the hair sticking out of it. Yeah. Handlebars up. Table setter, man. Fantastic table setter. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. Jackson, uh, what do you have? So I'm torn. I could talk about another guy from the mid 2000s because that's when I grew up. Or I could be the Braves homer I am and talk about maybe the future greatest leadoff hitter of all time, which is Ronald Acuna Jr. Where he he's kind of the best. Of, he's kind of the best of both worlds. He gives you that guy that gets on base. He can spray the ball to all fields. He's got all field power. He's got crazy home run power. No, I've never seen a home run of his that just sneaks over the wall. Every single one of every single one of his home runs is one of those where he puts the bat down immediately and starts doing his little jog around the bases because he knows he hit it 450 yeah. feet. <laughs> so, I mean, looking at how Acuna is kind of on the base pass is where I really like him because he'll get on base and pitchers are paranoid because he will run. If you give him the chance, he'll take off. He's got that elite speed. He he loves to run. He almost loves the run as much as he loves jogging around the bases after he hits a home run. <laughs> <laughs> I love his, uh, I love his kind of swagger. Like if he, if he runs and he gets thrown out, he doesn't care. He's going to do it again. Yeah. He just like, kind of shakes, shakes his head and goes, ah, that was a good throw by the catcher. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> he, did, he didn't even care. I mean, even though he's a Dodger killer, I, I mean, he, in 10 years, we're going to be talking about him as a premier leadoff hitter. He's the future of the leadoff spot. I'm going to th- throw you guys for a bit of a curveball here, and Dave and, and, and Jason will appreciate this one. So I, I could say Derek Jeter, but Derek Jeter hit number two most of the time. And so I'm not going to say Derek Jeter. I'm going to talk to you about a guy that came up as a catcher, converted to second base, is now That's a Hall of Famer, and Craig Biggio. Yeah, good call. That, I mean, that, that was the guy I almost talked about instead of a coach. Okay, so I'm, I'm glad you brought him up. There you go. Because, I mean, talk to me about not – I mean, if you're building a, a team, Biggio's the guy the guy that you know he's going to get dirty every game. He's going to play the game right. He's going to be there on time. He's going to – the fans love him, and he produces. And so, I mean, and his numbers show it. That's why he's in the hall, and – he just, but he was a great lead officer. He used to drive me crazy because between he and Jeff Bagwell, and Jeff Bagwell had that funky stance. Right. But they were kind of the kind of the one-two Astros punch. Like you got through Biggio and then Bagwell would hit third or fourth. And you were praying that you were in the second inning by the time you got to Bagwell. Because otherwise, if you got to Bagwell with Biggio on, it could be two nothing. Yeah. So I mean that's that's uh, I liked watching that guy. That guy was fun to watch. <laughs> I think he stole over 400 bases as as well because he. I was in research and you know, and that he was just again under the radar for me. But stealing over 400 bags, that's pretty. That's pretty impressive, man. I mean, it is. What impresses me most about him is 668 doubles, and mm-hmm. was a doubles. He was a two bagger on wheels, man. 44 doubles in 114 games in 1994. That's nuts. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. yeah, he was he, he didn't have problems getting on, it seemed like. And right? uh, he just he was a good guy. And I remember watching, I think when he either got his 3000th hit or his last game and his kids came on the field and it just you could tell that he was a family guy and he had pretty much checked all the right boxes and he was just going to go home, retire and be a family guy. And so 
to me, that meant a lot. I mean, um, uh, speaking of on base with him too, he also got hit by a pitch 285 times. Nice. All-time leader, isn't he? He's nope. number two behind Huey Jennings, who got hit 287 times. Yeah. And Don Baylor wasn't too far behind that. I don't know why everybody flunked Don Baylor. Don Baylor is 267. He's in fourth. Yeah. He was right on the dish, man. I love that guy. One of my favorite players of all time. Stand up. Yep. <laughs> yeah, he was great. All right. So as a wrap up, boys, is there any honorable mentions you want to make? Is there anything that we've missed? I mean, I feel like we could do this all night, but I feel like we've also nailed just about every person that is humanly possible during this time and, and done it pretty good. But is there any wrap ups that we want to do? I mean, I, I think it's funny that we kind of like gentlemen out of talking about Ricky Henderson per se, because we already all know he's like the greatest and we yeah. want to talk about somebody other than Ricky. True. Let's leave a footnote that we all agree it's Ricky, right? Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. R- Ricky, if you ever listen to this, trust me, we know you're good. Okay, it's not that. Yeah. You didn't need to be talked about all time. <laughs> it's the ultimate compliment that you just disregard the guy and talk about him second. Yeah, let's debate the second best lead off hitter of all time. We all walked in with an understanding what was going on. Yeah. I got one. Uh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead, Dave. Go ahead. I just say I, I got one that um, I think is a little under the radar, but uh, I remember Vince Goldman had some really good years with the Cardinals, two-time MVP, stole over 100 bases three times. Um, and he had, he had a few pretty good years, and um, I think he won a World Series or two. Yeah. There used to be, Dave, I remember, gosh, it was his second or third year. Tops used to do like um, home run hitters, like American League, National League, stolen base guys. And it was Ricky Henderson, Vince Coleman, Ricky Henderson, Vince Coleman. And that one two punch in St. Louis, correct me if I'm wrong, boys, but it was Coleman McGee, right? Yes. And so you didn't want to really walk Coleman because you knew he'd be on second. But Willie McGee was such a great contact hitter that you really tried to get Vince Coleman out, and he would. That's a great pull, Dave. That's a great pull. Number twenty nine, right? Uh, I, I got. Yeah, I got he had some good years. Yeah. What was that, Jackson? An honorable mention that Bill will like. Uh, the the first man to steal a hundred bases, Mario Wills. Mario Wills, yeah, yeah, Dodger, good Dodger. So. Boys, this has been so fun. We got to do another one of these and we'll pick another topic. But I, I sure hope you guys have had fun tonight yeah. doing this. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Man. Was sure. Thank you. Yeah, this is what Top Fan's all about. It's about fan participation and the nostalgia of the game, right? And so um, it's, it's pretty awesome. So Top Fans, thanks for listening. For those of you that have listened, uh, make sure you make any comments you'd like uh, on our page, anything that you think about this. Uh, it's been great having Jason and John and Dave and, and Jackson on and just talking about some of the some of the guys that were awesome. Uh, and I think it's funny, like we had said, that we just realized that Ricky was just great and that it was next. So top fans <laughs> don't think we left him out. But we're we're grateful for everybody that's listened to this. We're grateful for for the four of you that have participated and we're going to do it again sometime soon. So great. boys, have a good night. All right. Well, thanks. Have fun, everyone. See you guys.